Praise the Lord. Great, great morning. We are on a series of lessons on Sunday morning called Hearing God. As Art said a moment ago, uh, we've been going for several weeks. We've got two more weeks after this that we'll continue and uh, trust that the series is ministering to you, helping you uh, understand and discern the voice of God more clearly. I can't think of, an, of a better thing that we could discuss and talk about uh, hearing God in a generation at a time, again, where, as we, we keep hearing every week, so many different voices, so many conflicting voices, so many voices that are trying to get the attention of our ears, really for one ambition and one desire, to get us off the path and the track that God has for us. It's imperative that we hear God's voice. Can you say amen? amen. Uh, our key scripture, if you've been with us, if you haven't been with us, We'll have it here on the TV screen for the uh, audience online, but then also the triple screen wherever you're sitting in the room for everybody in the room as well. Our key scripture is from 1 Kings chapter 3. It's where God comes to Solomon in a dream and he says to him, he just throws this carte blanche question to him, uh, what do you want? What do you want me to do for you? And he didn't ask for gold, he didn't ask for riches, he didn't ask for a new Lamborghini or, you know, spinny rims. Here's what he said. He said, here's what I want you to do. Give me a, come on, say it with me, a God-listening heart. We've been talking about that for weeks now. Give me a God-listening heart so I can lead your people well. He's a leader. He, he's a ruling a nation, the most powerful nation, you know, that we know alive then. He inherited that from his, from his father, David. And he says, man, th these people are so vast, and I've seen my dad lead so well. And he says, I, I, I want this. Give me a God-listening heart so I can lead your people well. We said this last week. You're never going to lead anybody else well until you lead yourself well. And the way you lead yourself well is that you need a God-listening heart to, to find out and to understand the things that the Word of God doesn't tell you to do, doesn't tell you who to marry, doesn't tell you where to go to college, doesn't tell you where to live, doesn't tell you a career path to choose. But the Bible's really clear that we'll talk about it again today. God's got a way to give those kind of insights to you so you make the right choice, but you're going to need a God-listening heart so that you can lead your life well, you can lead others well, your family well, your children well, and that you and I can discern the difference between what's good and evil, that we can discern the difference between what's right and wrong. We can discern the difference between what's just good but what's really God. We can discern the difference between what's crazy. Come on, listen. There's crazy stuff going on right now. L listen, cray, cray, crazy stuff that is accepted as being normal now. You got to stand against it. You got to find what God says. And listen to me, you're not against anybody. You're just for truth and righteousness. Come on, everybody. I'm not against anybody. Whatever anybody wants to choose, that's on you, boo. But listen, this is what the truth says. This is what the word says. So make sure you build your life upon the foundation of the word of God. Then you will be able to hear God and follow him and be directed by him in a time in our nation and the world that it's crazy. It's just crazy. We've said this every week. We'll give you a couple more times that we're with you. Is that God's word, we said, is God's voice. And God's word is going to give you God's wisdom. Weeks ago when we talked about this, we started after we had a child dedication, and we talked to the parents about teaching your children consistently, diligently, regularly from the Word of God, because the Word of God is going to give your child wisdom. It's going to talk to them. Just, listen, just being in the Word, understanding the 
voice of God, the wisdom of God will keep you from a lot of stupid stuff. Right? I don't, I don't, need, any, I don't, I don't need a neon light. I don't, I don't need God. I don't need an angel. I don't need a vision because the word's already told me to do certain things. So, so God's word is God's voice. And God's word will give you God's wisdom. And we've said this for the last five weeks. Again, just kind of wrapping all this up while we do a quick reminder and then get in some new territory today. We said this, as you consistently read the Bible, listen, you'll hear God more clearly. As you consistently read the Bible, there is a correlation between you and I not hearing God and us not reading the word. I want you to get that correlation together. If you want to hear God, Clearly, what you need to do is read what he already said. If I'll read what he said, I'll hear what he's saying. My, my, the ear of my heart gets tuned to him, and I can, I can understand what he's already said, so I can then hear this particular thing that I need answer to in my, in my own life. Now, where we were for the last couple of weeks, uh, I think last week and then the week before we touched on it when we ended the service, we talked about something that happened in Acts chapter 1, that we remember that Judas, before Jesus went to the cross, Judas sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. Then he went and he hung himself on a tree. The Bible says after that, of course, Jesus was crucified. He rose from the dead. But, but then for 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus shows himself alive to the, to the disciples. During that time, and then after he was ascended back to the Father, Father, uh, the, after that point, we find out that Peter in Acts chapter 1, he's reading Old Testament scriptures and he said, hey man, here's a scripture that says we need to find a replacement for Judas who hung himself. And, and so the Bible says that they found two guys that met the qualifications, two brothers that were with Jesus from the time that he began teaching all the time until the resurrection. Two brothers. And, and the, the Bible says this, is that they cast lots. Remember that? They cast lots, or they, 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 they chose sticks, or one, one translation, they, they threw dice. That was a way in the Old Testament that we found out how God would allow them to ascertain his direction for their life. Should we do this, or should we do this? not do this? What, what direction you want us to go? He would allow them to cast lots. It was like, you know, the short stick, the tall stick, the dice, and, and that type of thing. And, and this is the last time, listen to me, in Acts chapter 1, they, they prayed, they cast lots, and the lot fell to this guy named Matthias. Matthias then was chosen to be one of the 12. Matthias right now, as these other 12 uh, disciples and apostles, he's in heaven. He, he is one of, the, one, one of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And, and, and listen to me, he got chosen with dice. He got chosen because lots were cast. God okayed that. He was okay with that because that came under the Old Covenant, the Old Testament. Are you with me so far? From Acts chapter 1, with the lots, with the die, with the, that, that type of uh, information from God for direction, it, that was the last time. That was it. After Acts chapter 2, today is, is celebrated as Pentecost Sunday, 50 days from Easter, when the Holy Spirit was poured out in that upper room. Come on, somebody say amen. Come on, we got any Pentecostal folks that preach? Come on, we got anybody that prays in tongues in the room? Come on. You need to be filled and filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't get quiet on me now. Come on, everybody. Uh, but, but from that point on, from the time the Holy Spirit was poured out, now that God wasn't out there somewhere, God moved inside man. From that point on, now God's going to give direction a different way. 
It's not going to be external direction. It's not going to be a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. It's not going to be where I don't know what to do, so I'm going to be like Gideon. God, let the, let, let the rug be wet and the ground be, be dry, or, or let the ground be dry and the rug wet. I, I don't need a sign. I, I don't need a man, some outward manifestation. I don't need an angel. I don't need a vision. God could do that, and we'll find out in the New Testament. He does that. But that's not something you pray for. That's just something he gives you free. Come on, he, come on, he just gives you a freebie on that. Well, there's all kinds of ways why he does it. And in direction, it's a lot of times with, with, with major, major ministry and impact that God shows up in someone's life in a dramatic way like that. But, but that's not an everyday or maybe never even in your life that you need that or have to have that. Listen, as a believer, we don't follow zodiac signs. We don't go to tarot card readers. We don't follow any occult practice. I don't need to go to Arizona to, to, to out somewhere and, and look at a crystal. I don't need to go to the woods and I don't need to go to the ocean to hear. Come on. We hear God right in here. We don't seek a sign. We don't ask for confirmation. We don't need that. We follow the word. And we're going to be we're going to talk today about about how God now is going to speak to us concerning things the Word doesn't talk about. It doesn't tell you who to marry. It doesn't tell you where to live. It doesn't tell you what car to buy. I mean, you can be led in all those things. We said this last week, these two scriptures. Come on, one more time. We'll set the groundwork for where we want to go today. Jesus, before he left, just a couple, you know, couple hours before he left, you know, a couple hours, 30 hours or less, he got with his disciples and he tells tell them last-minute things. And he talked to them, I'm really excited, he was saying, about this person called the Holy Spirit who's going to come. John 14, 15, 16, he talks about the Holy Spirit. And here's what he says in John 16, verse 13. Check it out, I love this. Jesus says this, when he, the Spirit of truth, come on, say the Spirit of truth. What a great, what a great, come on, the spirit of truth. How many know the spirit of truth would be a good thing to follow? Come on, somebody. Not the spirit of error. The spirit of truth has come. He will guide you. Look at this. He will guide you. He'll guide you into all the truth. He won't speak on his own authority. It's not going to be coming from somebody else. He won't speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. Anybody in the room want to be told what's coming down the pipe? Anybody in the room, it, does anybody in the room like to get, you know, blindsided? I don't know anybody that does. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit, his job is he, whatever he hears from the Father, whatever he hears from Jesus that, that God says you need, his job is to speak it to you. Your job then is to listen for it. How are you going to listen? It's not an audible voice. It's not a manifestation. It's not an angel coming down. How is he going to talk to you? We're going to talk about it. So lean in. And he's going to tell you things to come. Woo, come on. He's going to tell you some things about in the future. He's going to show you what's coming for your life. He's going to uh, measure things in your life that you don't know where to go, right or the left. He's going to show you, he's going to talk to you about what path and what direction to take. You and I are never without Come on, without guidance. We're ne Come on, anybody get frustrated when you're following, you know, you, know, you, got some, you got on your Google map, and then all of a sudden it starts recalibrating? Come on, somebody. And you're going, ah, I got to, ah. you know, come on. We're the Holy Spirit is never going to leave you hanging. Come on, somebody. John 16, verse 15, check this out. Amplified Bible, I love this. He, Jesus said, continuing on there, he, the Spirit, he, the Spirit, or the Holy Spirit, will take the things that are mine, Jesus says, and he will, I love the words, he will reveal, come on, read it with me, he'll reveal, declare, 
disclose, transmit it, the words of the Father to you. What's he going to do? He's going to reveal, declare, disclose, and transmit it, the words of the Father to you. This is the Holy Spirit's job. Here is the elephant in the room question. How is the Holy Spirit going to do this? How is the Holy Spirit going to reveal, declare, disclose, and transmit it to me? Am I going to be at the beach and all of a sudden the airplane goes by that's got the banner on it? Is it going to be that I'm watching TV and the TV screen goes blank and there's the word that says, Mary Kimberly? How is the Holy Spirit going to do this? He's going to do it two ways for the next 30 minutes or so or 25, ever how long we've got this morning. Lean in because you're going to want to know this. We're going to read for the next 25 minutes or 30 minutes, mainly scriptures in the book of Acts. And we're going to give you a point by point direction on what God did with the Apostle Paul. Next week, I need you back because we're going to look at Acts 27, and we're going to look at direction and how God spoke to Paul and how some other brothers got it wrong. So you're going to want to be here next week. How is the Holy Spirit going to do this? Here it is. Number one, the Holy Spirit is going to lead you. Say that with me. He will lead me. He'll lead you. He'll lead you. And number two, he's going to give you an inner witness. Simple. Listen, this is so simple, but listen, my entire life for 40 years, 42 years now, following God, I have messed this up on more times than I would like to tell you. Because somehow I got me in the middle of God leading. I got my own thoughts in the middle of God leading. And that's where I've messed up in my own life. Made bad choices, you know, not, not, any, not any sinful things, just, just wrong. I shouldn't have done that. Or I got involved with certain thing or whatever it was. Not necessarily sinful, just I didn't hear God clearly. And yet when I look back, there was always, listen, can I say it this way? There was always something right in here that I knew I shouldn't have done it. I knew I shouldn't have bought it. I knew I shouldn't have whatever. There's something up in here. But I bypassed it because my flesh wanted it. Or I, 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 and I'm just telling you, I'm trying to be honest and vulnerable with you. Anytime that I've messed up, it's because he was leading me, but somehow I wasn't following the program. Anybody go down the, go down the sidewalk, and, and I live in Eastlake, and there's, like, I don't know, there's about 20 million dogs in Eastlake. I don't know where they're all coming from. But, but has anybody but, buddy gone and, and seen the person walking the dog? And listen, the person didn't walk in the dog. The dog's walking the person. Come on, somebody. The dog is walking the person. And that lady or that man is just like this. And, they're, and listen, and, and if God will not let you lead him, If you are going to hear God and have a God-listening heart, you are going to have to let him and be submitted so that he can lead you. And he will give you this called an inner witness. Two scriptures, Romans chapter 8, verse 14. It's familiar scripture if you've been around church for a while. Here's what it says. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Let's say it this way. Sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Say that with me, will you? Sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Come on, one more time. Sons of God, and sons of God mean daughters of God too, just means children of God. The Bible's written from man's 
uh, perspective. Uh, Come on, one more time. Sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. And then Romans 8, 16 says something kind of interesting right on the heels of this scripture. Here's what verse 16 says. The Spirit himself. Now, when you see the Spirit himself, when you see the capital S, Spirit, in the Bible, that means the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. Now, all these words here are capitalized, and I'm sorry I should have done a little bit better for you, so forgive me. But the Holy Spirit himself bears witness with, look look at this now, our spirit, our spirit. We've said this for years here at church because it's so important. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. We are three-part beings. You're hearing my soul this morning. You're seeing my body. I don't see your spirit. That's your inner man. You don't see mine. But it's real. It's in you. It's who you are. Everybody saved and unsaved. Come, when, when anybody gets born to the earth, they are a spirit, a soul, and a body. The spirit must be born again to have connection and entrance to heaven with God Almighty. Your body's never born again. Your soul's not born again. The Bible says my soul, my mind, my will, my emotions, my intellect has to be renewed to the word of God. Come on, everybody. But the Holy Spirit himself is going to bear witness with your spirit that you are children of God. There'll be times in your life that your mind will lie to you. There'll be times in your life your emotions lie to you. There'll be times in your life your past will lie to you even though you've made Jesus the Lord of your life because the enemy wants to separate you from who you are and what God's called you to do. The Holy Spirit will continually bear witness with your spirit, you belong to God. You're a child of God. You're the righteousness of God in Christ. You're holy. You're delivered. You're accepted. You're chosen. You're blessed. Come on, everybody. Yeah, yeah. So let's, for the remainder of our time together, let's look in the book of Acts, and let's look at the apostle Paul And let's look at this journey he is going to be on and find out how God was going to lead him and how the Holy Spirit was going to bear witness with him about what he should do. Because ever how God led him, he didn't get any special treatment because he's a preacher. He only got treatment because he's a believer, just like you and me. So Acts chapter 20, let's look at it. Acts, excuse me, Acts chapter 19, Acts chapter 19. It says this. Now, when, by the way, the, the, the author of the book of Acts is the, the physician called Luke. Luke recorded this. Luke traveled for a while with the Apostle Paul, recorded events, heard events about what Peter did, and then documented them in these 28 chapters. Now, when these things were accomplished, check it out, Paul purposed in the Spirit. That's huge. Paul purposed in the spirit. We'll talk about that in a moment. That when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia, that he was going to go to Jerusalem. Here's what Paul said. After I have been there, I must also see Rome. You got to read the Bible slow, guys. You're going to miss it. He purposed in his spirit because there was something in his life. He said, I must see Rome. I've something in me is drawing me that I've got to get to Rome. 
it, it somehow is the will of God. I, I might not understand it all, but, but I know that God, I, I know God's got something for me to do in Rome. And so Paul purposed in his spirit. Different translations. Paul was determined in his spirit. Paul decided in his spirit. We could say it this way. Paul had this, sometimes I just say this. Paul had it in his heart. Paul had on the inside of him what he was to do or, or where he was to go right now. He had a knowing. You'll hear old-time Christians maybe like me if you're young. I just have a knowing. I have a sensing, a, a direction to take. I, I don't have a lot of clarity. I don't, I don't ha- I, I, but all I know is that this, I need to do this. This is the direction. This is the trajectory. I, I, I need to, I need to, to uh, get application for that job. I, I need to fill out the, the paperwork for that school. I need to, I need to start pursuing this. I, I, need to, I need to maybe stop this. I don't understand it all, but, but this is the first thing I know. I, I got a leading. I got a knowing. I got a, I got a sensing. And somebody says, why are you doing that? I can't really tell you why. I can't put my finger on it. But something in here is like pulling me like a magnet. The Bible does say we're going to have to walk by faith and not by sight. Now in Acts chapter 20, check it out here. So Paul says, or excuse me, Luke's writing this. He says, we, we went into the ship and we sailed for the city of Assos. At Assos, again, Luke's writing, we were going to pick up Paul. We were going to pick up Paul. Uh, Paul, he had made these arrangements since he had planned to walk overland to Assos. Um, I, I, I put this here in verse 14. He just goes on to say, um, when Paul met us at Assos, we took him on board, and then we went to the city of Miletum. Again, if you read the Bible, you just go, just, just read it. You're just like reading a novel or something, a book, and, and you just pass right over this. The Apostle Paul gets his whole gang together, and, and, and he makes arrangements for them to go from Troas to Assos. He pays the ship so they get from point A to point B as quick as possible. But Paul doesn't get on the ship. The Bible tells us that he walked. I'm surmising some things. I'm interjecting some things. I'm looking at my own life honestly, and I'm ascertaining why in the world Luke would write this little tidbit of information that for 2,000 years has been in our Bible and it always will be. Here's what I think is going on. That from Troas to Assos, it's about a 30-mile trip by foot, a two-day journey. Paul is needing to get away from everybody else so he can hear God. I cannot stress this enough. My life is totally different than yours. Listen. I don't, quote unquote, work 40, 50, 60 hours a week. I don't drive and have to go and fight traffic and all. My life, listen, I'll just say it. My life is a beautiful life. It's totally different than yours. I can have time of quietness away from, and and my life now is I'm a grandparent. Uh, my, My 
children are 25 to 35. I've only got one son at home, Kimber and I right now, who's like a cat. We never see him. Come on, just shows up for food. Come on, somebody. I'm kidding. He takes care of all his stuff. You know that. But I can, I can consistently, regularly position my life to have extended, extended times of quietness and aloneness to hear God. A lot of you cannot and are not afforded that, but here's what I do know. Number one, you need it. And number two, you better fight for it. If it's five minutes, if it's ten minutes, if it's putting off the, the sports channel, if it's putting down the social media, if it's just saying, honey, will you give me 30 minutes to just go take a walk in the hood so I can get alone with God? Listen to me. You need it. Paul was going to be making some altering decisions that I believe he had a leaning. He had a knowing. I got to go to Rome. But I think, I'm just surmising, it's not Bible, but I'm looking at my life, and I know other people the same way, that he needed to get alone to hear God. You do too. Acts 20, verse 20. Look, look at this. Acts 20, verse 22. Check it out. So Paul now, Acts 20, verse 22 or what I say, verse 20, where we go, is that right? See, now I go bound in spirit. Paul has got, gone to Ephesus, he's in Miletus, and now he calls the leaders from Ephesus, the elders of the church at Ephesus, to talk to them. And he says, see, now I go bound in spirit. I go bound in spirit. There's something inside me that's drawing me to go to Rome. I'm bound in my spirit. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be going to Jerusalem. I don't know the things that are going to happen to me there. I don't know what's going to happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city that chains and tribulations await me. Every city I go to, somebody is saying something to me about what's coming down on my path. The Holy Spirit is testifying. He's revealing. He's declaring. He's disclosing. He's transmitting the word of the Father to me. But he goes on to say, none of these things move me. And we'll talk about this in a minute. Nor do I count my life dear to myself that I may finish my race with joy. Come on, somebody say amen. And the ministry which I've received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. So Paul says, everywhere I go, he says, everywhere I go, I, 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 know, I know I'm on course. I know I'm on point. I know a, a direction for my life. But, but everywhere I go, I get around the Christians, and somebody's giving me a word. Somebody's speaking to me. Somebody's testifying uh, in every city about what's going to happen to me. They're actually not giving me a real good report. They're saying chains and tribulations are awaiting for me. Hmm. Acts 21, verse 4. Am I, is everybody okay this morning? Acts 21, verse 4. They keep going on. They're, 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 they're moving on from city to city. It says, in finding disciples, we stayed there for seven days. They told Paul through the Spirit, through the Spirit, we would say a prophetic word. They, they had a sensing, they had a knowing, these disciples. They told Paul through the Spirit not to go up to Jerusalem. Don't go there. Don't go to Jerusalem. I just sense, Paul, that, 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 that here's a different city. Listen, they weren't calling people. They weren't texting people. They weren't telegramming people from different city to city. Hey, when Paul's there, make sure you give him the word. Make sure Paul doesn't go because we, we, we got some bad mojo on this. We, we're, not, we're not sensing it's going to be good for Paul. 
So, so no, 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 that wasn't any of that at all. Just everywhere he went, people began picking up, picking up what was going to happen to Paul. They began picking up. It's not going to be good. There's going to be tribulation. There's going to be trials. There's going to be change. There's going to be imprisonments. Now, again, these believers here at this place, this was entire, and they sensed this trouble, this affliction, this difficulty that was going to be coming to Paul. Listen. And they interpreted it to mean God doesn't want you to go. God doesn't want you to go. Trials, tribulation, affliction, persecution awaits you. And they interpreted that as Paul, don't go. Acts 21, verse 10. We stayed there many days. And a certain prophet, come on, we say a prophet. Come on, say it like you mean it, a prophet. Ephesians chapter 4 says, God's given apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting the saints to do the work of the ministry to build up the body of Christ. So come on, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers are still on the earth today. Can I get a better amen? They didn't pass away. So there's a prophet named Agabus. Listen, a prophet is different than somebody who prophesies. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 14, we can all prophesy. We can give a word of edification, exhortation, and comfort to people directed by God. Simple gift of prophecy. But a prophet is coming as an office ordained by God. This brother is standing in an office ordained by God. He came down from Judea. Check out verse 11. And when he came into us, he took Paul's belt. Uh Uh-oh, it's getting freaky up in here now. Must be a Pentecostal church. Come on, somebody. That was a joke, everybody. He took Paul's belt and and, and bound his hands and feet. Come on, took his belt off and and took his hands and took his feet and bound and wrapped him up. And he said, and thus says the Holy Spirit. The brother is a prophet. He's being used by God to speak a word from the Holy Spirit of God. And he said, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt. And they're going to deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Wow. Verse 12. Check it out. And it says, now, when we heard these things, all the Christians, all the people with them, all the believers with them, when we heard these things, both we and those from that place pleaded with Paul, don't go to Jerusalem. Don't go to Jerusalem. Don't go. Don't go. The prophet said it. Come on, everywhere we go, somebody's prophet. But now the prophet's saying it. Verse 13, then Paul answered and said, what do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart? I'm not, he said, I'm, I'm ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. So when he would not be persuaded, we, Luke writing, we ceased saying, the will of the Lord be done. The will of the Lord be done. Paul traveled at this time with about, about eight guys. He's you know, going into Caesarea right now. Listen. And when I say travel with eight guys, I'm not talking about some homies. I'm not talking about somebody that rolled up under the bridge. Nothing wrong with that. I'm talking about these are spiritual men. The, the, when you read the Bible, like, like some of those chapters, like at the end of, end of uh, the, the, the book of Romans, it lists all kinds of different people that helped Paul. In another letter, it lists all these different people. These are the kind of people I'm talking about. 
Luke and Aristarchus and, 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 and Timothy and Gaius and Segundus, all these Greek brothers. Listen, they loved Paul. Paul, uh, Paul delivered the word. They got saved. They got filled with the Spirit. Their life had meaning and purpose. They, God gave them direction. But when they heard the word all the time from city to city, it began affecting them. And they heard the word of the, prof, uh, the prophet that who owns this, you know, whoever's belt this is, bind his hands. Bind, he's going to be bound going to Jerusalem. They're hearing that word and they are interpreting it saying, it must be God's will. You aren't supposed to go. But we found out Paul decided in his spirit. Paul purposed in his spirit. Paul was led in his spirit. Paul had this in his heart. Paul was bound in his spirit to go to Jerusalem. And then after that, he must go to Rome. Um, we found out weeks ago that in the New Testament... We don't look to anybody besides God to give us direction. You don't come to me and say, Pastor Gary, I don't know what to do. Tell me what to do. You know what I'm going to tell you to do? Be led by your spirit. You know what I'm going to tell you? You have an inner witness because you have the same God I got. These guys heard a troubling word and they made a natural decision, a natural interpretation for the affliction and the trouble and the difficulty that, we, that they heard. Again, we don't look to anybody for direction. It's interesting when you read this, maybe you didn't see it, that the prophet Agabus didn't even give Paul direction on what to do. He just told him what was going to happen. He didn't say, do this or not do this. He just simply said, you're the person that owns the belt. Here's what's going to happen. He didn't tell him, stay home. He didn't tell him to go. But we found out Paul already had a witness. Paul already was determined. Paul already purposed in his heart this is God's direction for my life. I, 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 hopefully I'm going to get a chance to bring you something here in a couple of weeks. Is that this is where you are and I are going to miss it more times than not. When we start listening to people we love and we respect more than we listen to God. This does not mean we don't seek counsel. This does not mean we don't listen to elders over us. This does not mean we don't listen to the wise. But at the end of the day, the wise, the elders, myself, I can miss it for your life because doggone it, I just love you. And I want, maybe I don't want something for your life. Maybe I don't want you to marry that guy and move somewhere else. I want you to stay here. But come on, somebody, that might not be God's will. So, we're going to be led. We're going to be led by our spirit, like Paul was led. We said also that there is this inner witness. We read that in Romans 8, 16. That this inner witness, this inner witness, listen to me, is also going to be talking to you, we know from the word of God, about an inner voice. Your inner witness will also give you an inner voice. The inner witness, which will give you an inner voice 
in your spirit is called your conscience. The conscience of a born-again believer who is in the Word, in prayer, in communion with God, can be followed, can uh, uh, be, be submitted to receiving direction from the very Spirit of God. God will lead you, but then there will also be, in this inner witness, there will be the voice of your spirit, which is your conscience, that will speak to you. Your own spirit, hearing what the Holy Spirit is saying, so you can be directed on what to do that is not clear, not written, not black and white. Am I losing anybody here? Does that make sense? In your spirit, listen to me, in your spirit, the Holy Spirit dwells. The Holy Spirit doesn't dwell a man or a woman that's not born again. The minute you're born again, you're brand new on the inside, the Holy Spirit then comes to take up residence inside you. He brings an awareness of God the Father, His love, His grace, His compassion, His direction. He brings the very person of, the, of, of Jesus to you where you can understand the Word of God. The Holy Spirit then will show and tell you and declare things to you that He is hearing from God the Father and from the Holy Spirit. And then your spirit, your born-again spirit will then begin speaking to you about direction that he is hearing from God Almighty. Does that make sense? Yes. Jeremiah 31, 33. Look at this. Come on, I'm almost done this morning. Help me, Art. Would you do that? Jeremiah 31, 33. This is the covenant. Old Testament now. Now we're going back to the Old Testament now. This is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds, and I will write it on their heart or their inner being. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Listen to me. God speaks to you, spirit, capital S, spirit, to little spirit. God speaks to you, Holy Spirit, to your born-again spirit. He communicates with you. He's going to put, as you're in the Word, your mind is going to be attuned to what God has said. You're going to be alert to what wisdom is, to what God's will is concerning all kinds of things in life. And then God is going to be writing on your heart, on your heart, who He is. Specific direction, correction, encouragement, whatever it is, he's going to be speaking to your heart specifically. The Holy Spirit communicates with your spirit, with your spirit, listen to me, and passes it on to your mind. Passes it on to your mind. This is what I should do. I, I have a knowing. I have a leading. That's all I got right now. So I'm going to take a step. I, I know I should do this. I, 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 I can listen to God. Give me a God-listening heart. I'm praying that. So you're praying that, then guess what God's going to do? God's going to talk to your heart. So, 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 so let me just wrap this up, if I can. The, the Lord, I'm trying to make this, man. I was thinking about it all week. How do I say this? You know, you know stuff, but how do you say it? The Lord speaks to our spirits many times, not in words, but in thoughts and in, 
and impressions. I, I, I'm just, I, just, just a thought comes. Gary, you should, you should call them. You should do this. You should move in this direction. Or just an impression. Just, just an impression. Just, just an impression. It's just on my heart, and I'm impressed. And so if it's a major situation, it'll take, it could take weeks and months and a couple of times years to pray about it. It's, so, it's such a life-altering decision. But he's going to speak to your spirits many times, not in words, but in a thought. Just have a thought. I have a thought. I have an impression. But then your spirit, then our spirits are going to speak to us in words like this. I think the Lord wants me to do this. Or I think the Lord wants me to do that. So the Holy Spirit, hearing the voice of the Father God and hearing the voice of Jesus, not only reveals written truth from the 66 books of the Bible to us, but he'll declare, disclose, transmit. He'll reveal things to your spirit. He'll give you an impression. He'll give you a leading. And you'll go, why do, why do I keep thinking that? Why do I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm thinking about that? You need to pay attention to that. Because the Holy Spirit, who's hearing from God, is trying to give you direction. Trying to give you direction. This is how we can hear God. This is how we can be led by the Spirit of God. The inward witness is connected to the leading and the voice of the Holy Spirit. Listen to me. We are never going to be people that are led by the Holy Spirit unless we are led and spend time in fellowship with this person called the Holy Spirit. You don't need a sign. You don't need a confirmation. You don't need a wonder. You don't need an angelic appearance. You don't get it, need a vision. But I can tell you what you do need and what I need. Every day, I've got to get alone with God in my Bible. And every day, I've got to have a spirit-to-spirit -spirit connection. And come here. Listen to me. It's not long distance. It's all just right in here. Because he lives in you. The, the Bible says this at the end of... 2 Corinthians chapter 13, Paul writes to the church there at Corinth, and he says, um, talks about the love of the Father. I'm praying the love of the Father be yours and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he says this, the communion of the Holy Spirit be yours. Communion. Another translation says the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. One translation says this, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be yours. God wants you and I to develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit that you and Him are friends. Intimate, talking. Holy Spirit, I don't, again, I don't know how you do it, but I'd encourage you to start doing something like this. Hey, Holy Spirit, what do you think about this? Hey, Holy Spirit, I I've got these thoughts that are running through my mind. What do you think about this? Would you talk to me about the direction for my life because whatever he hears from God the Father he's going to speak to you and he's going to lead you and he's going to give you a witness and he's going to allow you to make decisions that are profitable for you and your family 
Listen, God does not want to train wreck your life. He wants you to be successful. Can you say amen? Yeah, yeah. Listen, we train our bodies with exercise and diet. We train our minds with schooling, education, reading, studying. We train our spirits by reading the word, by praying, by praying in other tongues, by fellowshipping with believers. We train our spirits that way. Your spirit man can be trained to walk by faith and not by sight. Your spirit man can be trained to ascertain quickly what, wait, what, what, what I need to do here. I got two choices right here right quick. What do I do? To know the right way to go. And so that you and I will make it to the finish line of our life, like Paul says. He says, none of these things move me. Yeah, and you know what the, at the, the end of the story is? Paul went to Jerusalem, went bound. He went bound. They bound him. But guess what? Paul made it to Rome. That's where God said he had to go. He made it to Rome. He made it to the place that God had for him. And he preached, listen to me, to kings and rulers. There's absolutely no way he could have done that unless he was bound. Unless he was bound. Can I tell you? Let's just surrender our lives to God. That no matter what comes in our life, we're going to follow him and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen, everybody? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. So come on, bow your head, close your eyes on this Pentecost Sunday. All over the room, Father God, I pray. Those that are away from you, those that don't know you here in the room and online, that today would be a day that they surrender their lives to Jesus Christ. Father, we want to be led. We want to make the right decisions. We don't want to, we, we don't want to screw up our lives. We really don't. We don't want to mess up anybody else's life. But we can read time after time in the newsreels every day where somebody's made poor choices and the replications for their own life, but maybe for their family or just felt for years and years and maybe even generation. So, Father, we, we, we set our hearts today to be led by the Spirit. Come on, just pray that. Lead me by the Spirit. Come on, just pray that. Lead me by the Spirit. Pray this too. Lead me by the inner witness. Come on, just say that. Lead me by the inner witness. Give us a knowing. Give us a, give us a sensing of your will and your direction, oh God, is what we pray. All over the room while your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, no one looking around. Come on, give everyone the right to privacy. Today, you just say, I'm away from God. I don't know God. I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I've, I've done some foolish things. I've done some things. I know that distance my, my life with Him. I, maybe I've known Him before. I knew Him as a teenager. I knew Him as a young, young man or young woman, but I've walked away. Well, the beautiful news about Jesus is that you might have walked away from Him, but He never walked away from you. He was always there. And you just happen to be in the room today or online watching and God's extending grace and mercy and forgiveness to you. But you have to ask him. You have to want him in your life. I know everyone in the room that is here. You're here for a reason. Whether you've been here many times or you just came a first time or a couple times, God's got a plan for your life. He's got a call for your life. He's got an assignment for your life. The first step to realize that is to surrender your life to him. He takes us right where we're at. You can't say, I'm not good enough. I've done so many bad things. Listen, that's why Jesus went to the cross. He took all of our bad. He took it all to him. 
The scripture says he loved us while we were dead in sin. Our heart was dead against him, but Jesus came to be a savior for us. So all over the room, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior online as well, I'm going to count to three. You want to be included in this prayer? I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. We're going to pray a prayer out loud the next one minute, 30 seconds or so, and we're going to ask Jesus to change our lives. So come on, all over the room, when I count to three, raise your hand. Come on, one, two, three. I want Jesus all over the room. Awesome. See, four hands, five hands. Awesome. Thank you. Come on. Thanks for your boldness all over the room. Go ahead and put your hands down. You that raised your hand, I'm going to ask you to mean this prayer in your heart of hearts. We're going to pray it out loud with you, but this prayer is directed you praying to the Father. So everybody, pray this with me, especially you five. Say it with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you right now in Jesus' name. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. So I believe in my heart, and I say with my mouth, God raised Jesus from the dead. Be my Lord and Savior forever and ever. I repent. I change my mind, and I'm changing my direction. Fill me with the Holy Spirit, and I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Come on, stand up, everybody. That's our culture around here. We stand up and we clap real loud. Come on for these five. Come on, let heaven hear. Heaven's cheering. Angels of God are clapping, are praising God. For anybody who turns their heart to the Lord. Come on.